Hello and welcome. You're listening to the 2D 3D podcast, episode 2, a conversation with Domi Fox. In this episode, Domi and I talk about her career so far, her education, and also some of our views on social media and how best to navigate the animation industry. Our calls usually last for hours, so expect many tangents in this one. I also apologise that I just got on the flu when recording this, so sorry if I'm hard to understand at times. Hope you enjoy. Take two, clap up. Take two, yeah, take two. <laughs> yeah, hi. So, Domi, welcome. Thank you. Do you want to start by telling everyone who you are? And My name is Domi. <laughs> okay, um, so my name's Domi. Uh, my full name is Domarine, but that's just far too much for some people to pronounce. So it's just Domi. <laughs> nice and simple. <laughs> A lot of people know my handle on social media networks as Domi Fox. Um my second name really is Fox. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a precursor to any. No, I am not a furry. Else. I don't have anything against furries, but um, you're gonna lose so many followers now. Actually, uh, when I was in my deviant art days, I used to get a lot of furry followers. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like people messaging me, like, "Oh, what clan are you part of?" And I'm just like, "What? <laughs> Excuse me." <laughs> Go where the people are. So yeah, you're a visual development artist, right? Or how do you uh, describe yourself within the industry? You know, that's that's quite interesting because um, I think me defining myself as a visual development artist came from what I loved to see like on the internet with artists that I really liked and followed. And, you know, a lot of the, the artists that I like are like, oh, I'm a visual development artist. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that too. And then I think I just started defining myself as that and I still sort of do but right now I would just say that I'm a designer a designer for I don't know like animation I really cannot put a a proper handle on what I do because I'm doing everything (laughs) no that's that's really true especially if you're in um either a smaller studio or even like a not like a Hollywood studio but most studios you have to wear a lot of hats absolutely yeah so you'll be like maybe designing characters, props, or like the kind of visual development, you know, those kind of core principles. But then by labeling yourself, say, visual development artist, you're kind of cutting out a lot of things that people don't realize. Oh, definitely. I mean, um, okay, so I guess I'll start with uh, my current job position. Um, mm-hmm. I am an art director at Studio Soy, which is uh, a studio based in Germany. Um, they're known mainly for Gumball. They do all the animation and, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, compositing on Gumball. And they also did the Gruffalo, which was oh, a, cool. a BBC, I think it was a BBC, um, special. Yeah. 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 And they, the, the Gruffalo and the Gruffalo's child. It was really beautiful. But, um, <clears throat> whilst art director is my title, I'm spinning a lot of plates, like a lot. So I'm art directing the series. I'm designing everything on the TV series. I am currently working with um, our publisher for the show. Um, so I'm doing marketing. Uh, I'm also doing uh, the title sequence for the series and the credits. You know, it's just all these different plates that I'm spinning. So it would be quite quite foolish for me to say that I'm a visual development artist right now. Oh, yeah, because you're doing so yeah. much. And, and like, do you... I guess, do you enjoy all those aspects? Obviously, you might prefer some to others, but from from what I get from what we've talked, like you really enjoy all the different avenues that you've got. Oh, down. definitely. I mean, um, currently, 
actually it's you know in the past two weeks i've been working with um i can't give too much information about this show right now because it's yeah, you know we're, we're gearing up for festivals and um all that but um i've been working like working with uh, the publisher for the show who are funding it and with and i've been doing the marketing aspect for festivals and thinking about um like poster designs and how like best to show this like uh, market the show and i didn't think i would enjoy that but i really do bloody love it like just like <laughs> getting to talk to the like um one of the marketing like leads on the phone and like you know discuss like talk business i love it and and it pulls me away from the art side of things sometimes but it's just it teaches me about you know the business side of animation which i think is very important as well as um, the design side and the production and all that. So, yeah, I, I quite enjoy that. So that's awesome. So can you take us back to uh, young Domi? <laughs> when did you realise that this, like, art and animation and, you know, all this is what you want to do with your life and your career? So I'm probably um, <clears throat> quite different to the um, the story that I hear all the time. It's like, when did you start drawing? It's like, oh, you know, when I first picked up a pencil at the age of two. And it's just like, okay. Me, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's basically <laughs> me. Just it's like... every like 90% of like everyone's life story. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, think... I actually wanted to start drawing when I was 11. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I was quite athletic as a kid and um i have i had a problem like i had uh, deformities in my bones in in my feet so i had to give up sports because i was unable to walk as much and i couldn't run or do anything like that and i started to become a bit recluse and i was you know spending more time in the school library and i started drawing and you know just to pass the time like during break and yeah i just i think I think my, I first dappled in, like, you know, okay, here's the classic story. I got straight into manga and anime. But our, our library, yeah. <laughs> everyone goes through that phase. But our school library had um, all the copies of like, of Akira. So, oh, cool. So I, I just started reading those ones. So good, good yeah, anime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, start, I started off clean and then it just went to shit from there. Um, <laughs> so I, I started reading those and it just, yeah, it just it, it kind of just hit it off from there. And I was like, wow, I want to do this. I want to draw. I want to create. Um, so, you know, I didn't know what exactly because I was just kind of dappling and drawing really um, on weird looking anime characters <laughs> you know with like chins so pointy you could stab someone and like eyes that were just like on the side of their faces and <laughs> so that went on for about two years and then um i think ooh, i'm maybe year nine year ten um in the uk we we have to take options at school so all my options were like artistic. So I was, you know, I was taking um, art and media studies and uh, graphic design. And I don't, oh, I can't, I can't remember. Which is one day I just started watching Disney films again. I don't know what happened. I just started watching Disney films. I was going to say, like, did 
were they a part of your childhood or was it was that like post 11 years old they were part of my childhood but as i went um i would say you know seven eight years old to 11 which you know it doesn't seem like a long time when you're a kid it's a light it's a lifetime i just i just yeah. lost touch with that and you know you kind of it's like, oh, it's so cool to watch, you know, cartoons now. And I never went through that. I went, I, I was so, it was so weird for me. I went through that. I think it was something to do with school. I, I just I just moved yeah. back to the UK at that point as well because I lived in the Middle East um, for quite a few years. And yeah, and, and actually, you know, because I was so athletic and sports-driven in the Middle East, coming back to the UK kind of changed that along with my health. And I just ended up finding kind of, you know, entertainment and joy through art and animation. And it ju- I just picked it back up again. Just started That's watching brilliant. Disney films and, you know, it, it's you know, kind of get the rest of the story. You start drawing the characters and it blossoms from there. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically me. Like, I think The Little Mermaid was the first movie pretty much I ever saw or I can remember seeing. It's like my yeah. first memory is the title sequence of that movie. Um, and ever since then, it's just like drawing the VHS case. I think Aww. I had a VHS case and like a coloring in book, but I never colored the book in because I knew I'd ruin it. That's how much of a perfectionist I was <laughs> you, as a child. Oh my God, that's incredible. So I, would just, so I would keep the book clean and then just copy the images and then color them that in. That is so dysfunctional. I love it. I know. Like, <laughs> That literally that describes my entire art career from there. It's like, just, yeah. Amazing. Ugh. And to, and That's to why this I have day, like three moleskins that have never been and touched. And to this day, you can never be a, a background colorist. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so you came from Middle East, which is interesting just because, like, I myself, I was, you know, I always grew up in one culture, essentially. Mm. But you've, like, do you have a lot of memories from when you were younger coming to the UK or like, do you think that shaped you, your perspective of like art and entertainment with the different influences and stuff? Ooh, you know, um, I still get inspiration and um, ideas from my time living in the Middle East because it was just such a fantastic time of my life. Um, it was just different cultures, different food, different uh, places, the, the people. It, I remember it like... Clear as day. I remember my time in the Middle East clear as day, and I was there um, very young. I think I, gosh, it was like I was there for about five or six years. Uh, I'm still pulling inspiration from it to this day, and it and it taught me um, as an artist like uh, that life experiences are so valuable to your artwork because um, Mm -hmm. I've like recently I've just thought, oh, I need to, I need to go out, I need to travel, I need to do this, I need to explore. Because it's just it's just invaluable to have that um, to push your like your own inspiration into into art. Growing up, then, so you know, you said you're about eleven ish. You were getting in and to art again and going through like we have things called GCSEs, which is like I always kind of um, equate them with Harry Potter, where you have your owl, like, Ooh, owls. Oh, that's a good and way newts. of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because everyone knows that. So it's like those are the owls and the newts. We, we have like A-levels, which are like to get basic certificates and to go yeah. to university with. So so once you, I guess, did you 
stay on to do A-levels or did you go to college or did you... I went to um, an art college in the UK, which is very rare. I think there's only... Very rare? I didn't know they existed. There, I think there's maybe only four of them left. Um, I think that... Yeah, I went to an art college called CCAD and um, I think it's where Ridley Scott went, actually. Awesome. Yeah, he's like the claim to fame. <laughs> no, but it was, it, was a, <laughs> it was a fantastic college. So... Um, yeah, like like Matt said, um, I did uh, an equivalent of A levels, but in the form of something else called a BTEC, which is um, like a collection of those A levels, and you basically need them to get into a university in the UK. And I did um, something called interactive media, which sounds, Ooh. you know, really posh. That's just literally the uh, the idea of uh, CD, yeah, CD ROMs yeah. just popped into my head. CD ROMs <laughs> like, and terrible uh, like video effects. <laughs> but that that was like a it was like a, just a mishmash of everything. I did um, film studies. I did graphic design. I did three D. I did two D. I just dappled in everything, and that's oh my gosh, what, it's such a sorry. We had such a diverse education from such a young age. I mean, going to a specifically an art college, do, do you think that level of education really boosted you or do you think it was just dipping your toe in the water kind of thing? It was it was dipping my toe in the water, but um, the college itself was absolutely incredible because I was in this environment of, um, you know, young people between the ages of 16 and I think the, the oldest person I met there was 25 um and you know like all the courses you know there was photography there was fashion design there was um like interior design uh foundation art fine art it was it was fantastic because being in that environment so young just made me hungry it made me really hungry to just want more and more and the course that I was doing it wasn't you know it's not very specific because I was dipping my toes into so many different um like medias that whilst I didn't learn whilst they didn't teach me a lot it taught it made me teach myself a lot because this hunger for knowledge um made me kind of reach out and I would find myself um using my free time uh, at the college to go and uh, run into fine arts, like life drawing classes. And I'd run around the college and look at what everyone else is doing. And, and, it, and, it, and you know, also at the same time doing all that different stuff, I finally found out what I wanted to do and it was to design for animation. Yeah, that, that's, that's brilliant. And I guess, yeah, having that experience of trying a bit of everything you, know, you can find out what you gravitate towards the most and obviously even more helpful you can find out what isn't your cup of tea um which i i don't think many people have that experience of um and that's why a lot of people when they get to university they might realize that oh i actually don't want to do this i just like the idea of animation but producing it or you know creating it is is something completely different than you know being a fan however that was dangerous for me because um, okay. <laughs> whilst, you know, the, this this thing where people go to university and figure out what they want to do is, uh, it's great for them because, you know, that's, that's kind of what it's all about sometimes is that mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'll try it. I'll do my best. I don't enjoy it. I can do something else. But I went to university knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And I ended up resenting oh, a lot of what I was made to do just to get the grades and all of that. And 
and I'd spent, I, I went into this completely recluse kind of lifestyle through college where I was getting about four hours of sleep every night because I'd go home and I'd, I'd work on my, I was doing um, two, two A-levels on top of a B-tech, which is ridiculous amounts of work at college. That's like five A-levels. So I was, I was staying up until about two, three o'clock in the morning working and uh, researching and just getting as far ahead as possible so that when I got to uni, I could, I had this kind of vision in my mind that I would get there and I'd, I'd just be given my space and some, you know, I'd, I'd get taught how to do exactly what I wanted to do. And then I would do it and I'd be able to make these films. I'd be able to collaborate that's not what happens, unfortunately. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about um, that. <laughs> let's talk about that. Like, going back to what you said about school, I really thought, you know, going through primary school and high school, being the art guy or the guy who, you know, oh, Matt draws and all that stuff and it's great. You're kind of like a big fish in a small pond, essentially. And then I thought, okay, I can't wait to be the small fish in the ocean and have all these great people who love to do this stuff as much as I do, if not more so, and I can learn from them. And that just wasn't the case. I totally understand. (laughs) I totally understand what you mean. So I, I started university in 2012 and then, and then graduated in 2015, in November, 2015. So it may not seem like a lot of time, but uh, in terms of internet and what social media had to offer is a hell of a long time because a lot happened, I feel, when I started university and at the end of art college. Because I left art college to go to Teesside and I was still feeling the hunger for knowledge, for, for hunger, power. Yes. <laughs> for, for, I think we both still have that, so that's so, fine. As long as we keep yeah, that, Oh yeah, always keep yourself hungry for, for just for more. Um so I got to, you know, university, I had quite a similar experience, but I suddenly found myself in this race and I've never left that race because I discovered things like Tumblr and Twitter and um, I was getting out of DeviantArt and I was becoming more um, like involved in, you know, uh, visual development, design for animation, games, art. And I was looking at people around my age or people who are a few years older than me, um, you know, in their, in their mid twenties and thinking, I have this amount of time to do as much as I can and be as good as I can before I graduate, because I am scared shitless that when I graduate, I will not have a job. I will not know what I want. And, 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 and I feel like that stemmed like from just social media being so prominent and so big so quickly it just came out of nowhere and it opened up this entirely new world and all these people and i suddenly felt i was in a race and a competition it was it's yeah it's it went from being the best in your class or the best in your area to the best glo- it's a global it, yeah market. it did, no, it was it, a global competition i didn't even think about the people in my class in my class i was thinking about no. the globe and and for my hunger to not be satisfied by university, because the way I think of university is uh, university taught me software, but um, I taught myself to be an artist. And and it was and it's just this hunger that I had and I couldn't f- and university couldn't feed it. And I almost left. I almost left after my first year. I was filling in. Same. I was filling in the forms to leave. I was about to hand them in. There's one thing that kept me. 
And it was just, it was this like hunger to prove myself. And also, no shame, non shamefully, my grant money that I was getting from. So having this time and having these people to just kind of push me and this this almost resentment that I had, which I do feel, you know, I feel bad for it because in my third year, I, I really picked that up and I created something I love and um, I became very independent. But in the first and second year, I thought, okay, I'm going to do this course. I'm going to get a degree that could help me with a visa someday, you know, to work abroad. Yes, that's exactly um, the, yep. the main reason why I think um, university is important in the UK is just if you get a first, it will help towards your, I can say first because a 2-1 or a 2-2, two, two, I've heard just doesn't yeah, really just, help. And that yeah. doesn't really help with the visa because it's not, class is outstanding. But getting a first um, degree in your area, your area of, of education can help. Absolutely. It's just ticking one of those boxes and it's just, yes. you know, it's precaution. And, and another thing that kept me at university is I sat back and like you said, it's like you go home and you get a nine to five job. I, I'll never, unless I go back to education, have the time, the free time that I had that I had during college in university because during university I was getting my grant money and I sat down and I thought, right, I'm going to do my course. I'm going to do my best. I will get a first, but I'm also going to do education outside of the university and education outside of university online may be cheaper, but it's still bloody expensive. Yeah. That's the one thing I want to talk about because you mentioned the social media and like Tumblr and all these things blowing up while straight university or between college and university. And during that time, I was in university. So when I started university, we had, you know, DeviantArt. Um, I think Facebook was a thing, but it wasn't Facebook as it is. There wasn't yeah, pages yeah. for artists and stuff like that. And even now, like, that's gone whole full circle and pages for artists are not really as valuable as they yeah, used to be. Yeah. Um, but so when I was at, uh, I, I had a DeviantArt, and that was the big thing when we first started. Everyone had oh, a DeviantArt. And I think I, uh, so I think someone gifted me actually like a three month premium membership oh. and I was producing for that and it, and it was great. And then there was, it, there was like a boom and then there was like Twitter, Twitter had, was out, but again, I wasn't that, um, I wasn't so prolific on that because I, I wasn't part of like those, um, animation communities. I don't think they really existed yet. I don't think people found the footing. But by the time I finished, you know, we had tumblers and all these things. And I was just like, do I do all of them? Do, like, it was very much like it was, it was a bit crazy, to be honest. And yeah, like, like you were just saying, like education outside of, outside of university and online education wasn't really a thing before I went to university. And I do think, I, I always question, like, would I have gone to university if I could have done all these, um, done all these courses? Because the education that you get from them, you know, does it, how does it weigh up against getting, you know, mm -hmm. a ticking a box for a visa? So things like, um, I know you, uh, did uh, Motivati, um, and you've done CGMA and all those great, great courses and those taught by those great people, like they weren't around. I, I honestly, I don't think they were around. Um, when I was, you know, 19 and that kind of all kind of, kind of steamrolled towards the end of my university phase. So I, I was just kind of like, this is so, there is so much education and so much information out there now 
than there was even between at the start of university. Oh, yeah. And that's why I see people now who are like 16, 17, who have access to so much information online. And if you do have that hunger for it and you are really proactive and you can find it, that's what we're getting some people who are just insane. Like their work is insane and it makes you want to cry, but you just like... It just fuels me to try and And that's the important up. thing. It's it's a fuel that keeps you going. Going back to the education, you've done uh, Motivati and CGMA. Do you want to talk a bit about your online education? Yeah, uh, so I did, yeah, Motivati, CGMA. I also did a mentorship with Tyler Carter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. so that was, that kind of stemmed from the CGMA course. So uh, going back to my first year of university, um, it was very grim. I felt like I was getting nowhere. <laughs> um, and I feel like you get to a point um, where, you know, you, you can teach yourself, you can teach and teach and teach yourself, but sometimes you feel like you hit a road blockade. And that's how I felt. I was 18. Um, I was at university. I was getting very frustrated because I was not learning anything. And I just thought, right, that's it. I'm going to apply for Motivati again. Um, I'd applied during art college, um, but I was too young. So, but you got through. I got through. The, yeah, uh... I got through to a final, but then it was like, oh, you're too young. <laughs> so, it's like, okay. But the fact, the fact that you got through to the finalist and you were seventeen. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like again, some people would think you know would think of that as like a trip. You've tripped over and it's hard to get themselves up, but that just shows you that where you are already. Oh, that was just that was just a, a really like that was a huge boost for me. Going, yeah. it boosted me to go to you know get to university and like yeah I can do it. And then I kind of hit that low point where I felt like no progress was being made, and I and I applied again to Motivati. I applied for a couple of um, men- mentors. And I got my mentorship with um, a fantastic guy called Craig Elliott. Um, yeah. One of my, one of my <laughs> Represent. favorite people. <laughs> no, one of my favorite artists. His work is, incre- is incredible. Like, if people don't know who Craig Elliott is, um, he was the art director for the animation sequences of Tan- uh, Enchanted. Um, and he's worked on pretty much all your favorite Disney He is an absolute unsung hero, I feel. He, he just doesn't get, I, I just don't hear about him enough, honestly. And I'm actually going to, I'm going to plug this because it was incredible. Um, if you go find him on Facebook, uh, Craig Elliott, he has some Gumroad tutorials. Ah, yes. And he has like two of them and they're like a couple hours uh, long each and they're like 10 bucks. I was like, this is more information I got from my entire year of university. Oh yeah, yeah. And which is why I think these mentorships and these online, like, um, not in person, but face-to-face over the internet kind of thing uh are so incredibly valuable they might seem expensive but compared to a college course it's like pennies. what you get out of them is absolutely incredible because i didn't have any idea what to expect from this uh, mentorship you know i just said it i just got it and it was like okay you will have a call on a sunday at um i think it was, it was 5 p.m but you must have been like through the roof. I cried. <laughs> I cried to my mom. I was like, I'm so happy. Can I have 500 pounds? 
Yeah, I, I cried. I, I ran to my mom and I was like, oh, I got it. I got it. I was crying. And, and she was like, oh, congrats, you know, all that. And I was like, can I, can I borrow 350 pounds <laughs> to pay to pay for it? And and I was very, I've been very fortunate to have um, some incredibly supportive parents um, in, you know, with what I do. Uh, because there's a lot of uh, skepticism with um, art, especially from where I come from, because in the UK where I am, uh, most people are uh, manual laborers or they work in uh, the steel or the, you know, the industry. And for an artist to come out of such an area is just, you know, it's just silly. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bit bit of a sob story from from my mum's side. You can totally cut this if you want. (laughs) But (laughs) um, my mum is from Iraq. So um, she used to love drawing when she was a kid. Um, and from the story she told me, she used to get hit by her teachers and her parents whenever she would draw. So her, crea- oh, wow. her creativity was completely confined and she'd be drawing in secret and she loved it. So my mum essentially lives her, um, you know, her dream of being an artist back when she was a kid growing up in 60s Iraq, which was, you know, through dictatorship. She lives, oh, yeah. she lives it through me. So she, she's pushed me from day one and it's great because she gets so aggressive against people who are just like, your daughter is doing artwork. And she's just like, shut up. <laughs> she's doing great. <laughs> Do, um... Sorry. <laughs> yep. No, no, that's fine. It's just motivati. Um, yeah, it's, it's eight weeks mentorship, I think, isn't it? Or... Okay. So this is why Craig is an absolutely fantastic chap. Um, I, my mentorship with Craig should have only lasted eight weeks. Yes. You were supposed to have an eight-week mentorship with the amazing Craig Elliott, and it turned out to be about (laughs) fourteen weeks, which is which is incredible. It was absolutely so. This guy, okay, um, like I said earlier, I had no idea what to expect. I got an email from Motivati saying um, create a meeting time on Skype, and I said, okay, Craig, nice to meet you. Um, Can we do a meeting? Because he was he's living in. He was living in California, so, um, you know, he was eight hours behind or something. So I was like, how does 10 a.m. your time sound? And this was on a Sunday, Sunday, yeah, it was a Sunday. Um, So he called me up. First time, my stomach was just a bag of worms. It was just, I was like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know who this guy, what do I say? So the first time I'm ever, you know, like meeting or talking to someone who knows what the hell they're doing and someone who's going to teach me what I want to do. It's it's incredible. And it's like how you thought university yes, was going to be. Uh, it was like, it was, <laughs> That's what it was. You know what? It was just like, oh, it was... Oh, can I, can... It's like when you get these internships at places like Disney or DreamWorks, like when you have a mentor, that, this is essentially it what was, it is. It was, yeah, I think at the time, Craig was actually working on the... Sp- the second SpongeBob movie, and he was doing um, oh the, the the one with the, the live yeah, action bit yeah. that just came out, and he was yeah. doing some stuff on on a Tinkerbell film, and then he was doing work for I think Disney. Tell he was just dappled in so many different things. And I will say, like people can say what they want about the Tinkerbell movies as a whole. I'm not, I I'm not a fan, but really his fond. artwork for but it. the actual artwork of those movies Bloody is hell, incredible. I don't know if I could say this. He was showing me a couple of paintings at the time. I was blown away, and and I was like, Craig. I, 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 I my my jaw has been dropped to the floor when I see the visual development, prop design, the background designs of those movies. Yeah. Um, it's like, 
and yeah this is what i want to do so um so yeah i mean what 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 can i really say about the motivati mentorship you know it's it seems quite um scheduled on the site it'll be like you get eight weeks you will talk for this amount of time on you know on skype then you'll give feedback it's not like that at all it's really you know it's like making a friend and you're talking to them and they're giving you advice and it's like it's just like having like a sensei it's just like a master telling you and exactly. and the thing is half of the time we would just be talking you know i mean like for instance, like um, Matt mentioned with the with the Gumroad videos that uh, Craig was doing, um, he 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 paints and you watch him paint. But in the in the meantime, me me and Craig were just talking about life. We were talking about experiences. We were talking about art. We were talking about um, everything, everything. And and if anything, it, you know, it it didn't just it, this Moavati mentorship didn't teach me how to be a better artist like skillfully it taught me a lot about myself what i want um what it's like to be in the industry who i can be um it was just it was just such an inspiring uh few weeks and then um about week seven i had to give uh give it a break for um a couple weeks because i had um quite serious surgery on both of my feet um, so I was like in a wheelchair for a while and Craig was just like amazing. He was just like, yeah, just take a break. You, you recover. And then, you know, um, we can get back to it as soon as you're, as soon as you recover. And I was like, are you serious? Are you sure? You know, like, and, and it was at that moment, and this sounds really silly, um, where I stopped looking at people as them being above me. Like people who are more skilled and experienced, I stopped looking at them like they were just above me. From that very moment, yeah, they were like these, just like I was on the same level. Obviously, not skill wise, but as a person, as an like as a human human being, being, we were on the same level. And that was just a pinnacle moment for me because I'd spent all these all these weeks, all these hours. We we could talk for five hours at a time just on on Skype, and he'd be painting, he'd just be working, you know, because he was freelance. And, and it's just, and it was such a pinnacle moment for me to just finally look at the people that I, like, I really aspired to be or um, the, the artists that I love and just not look at them like they're these almighty gods on a pedestal, like, you know, a pedestal. And- I know, exactly. And I think, I think a lot of people um, tend to do that. They, and a lot of people, you know, the people who they're doing that to, most of whom don't actually want to be put on a pedestal because yeah. they feel like they, they, there's like a barrier between them. Um Obviously, there are always stories of people who like being like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think 99% of people are, they, they're they so down to earth and on the level, on the same level as you. It's like, and most of the time, they, yeah, they just want to talk about life stuff because yes, art is very, there are technical sides to art and things you, there are rules and things you shouldn't, shouldn't do and all this, all this stuff. But that's not, you don't really consciously think of that whilst you're creating art. You, you kind of draw from a place of truth and this inspiration and who you are. And then once you've done it, then you can do like a second pass and go with your critical eye and look at things. What I will say is like through your mentorship with, uh, um, with Craig, I've seen the, what you've produced from that and you leveled up like, some of the what you produced was incredible. I, I went from like zero to a hundred and like, it's just like, whoa, like being, I would not say, I would not say zero. I'd say, 
like you said, you, you, when you are self-taught and you're trying to, you're just taking all this information in as much as you can and it's hard to filter it yeah. into something that like, and make a roadmap. Just remind you of things you already know about what to do. And then you just kind of like shot through like the glass ceiling of, of who you are as an artist. And then you, there was this whole other place. Oh, you know, actually, that's a very good way of putting it. I felt like I was in a in a dark room, and yeah, I was just like, you know, like kind of reaching out into corners and just hoping that I could, you know, pick something out, mm-hmm. like like kind of get somewhere. And then I just finally opened this door, which was this mentorship for me, and I was finally just I knew exactly what I wanted, and that was another dangerous thing. <laughs> oh. So this hunger just kept growing and growing um and i just wanted more and more and more so um after the mentorship um i started my second year of uni and um i thought okay i want to start working soon (laughs) yes i want to start work even whilst i'm at university i wanted to make the most of my free time because you know i was doing my university work to a certain level and then, um, you know, going home and doing uh, my own work in my own time. And I started like crazy, just emailing studios and companies and, and, you know, um, just, I went nuts and I wasn't like pounding the pavement, cold, 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 cold emailing. I call it, I've done the same thing, but I stupidly did that after university. And that's where the, the worries come in. And I think it's so important to test the waters absolutely whilst you're whilst you're in the harbor <laughs> and so like you're just like sending stuff out there to see if there's anything out you there have before you no go. idea what can happen like people people at university if people um, who are in university are listening to this just stop what you're doing and email <laughs> email a studio literally just do it uh, just go on just go on facebook or like or google and type in like wherever you where you're wherever you're at if you're in the uk or wherever just like animation studios or no, and then just send them an email. Just, just be really. Don't be like, "Hi, me," or "Is there a job going?" Just be, send them like a general email. Say, "Hi, this is who I am." Um, I'm interested I'm in your work. This. I'm yeah. into, exactly. Obviously, you have to have a legitimate interest yeah, in, in the work they produce. <laughs> don't just send it to anything if you're completely do, different. For and goodness' so, sake, do not send a standardized email because that just doesn't no, show do interest. Do it does not show interest. And yeah. it reads like so. It reads like a chain email yeah. and very cold. Always address someone by name if possible. Like, this is like a complete, like, how to send an email. But, um, and the don't, and put your links at the bottom. Just say, like, I'm really big fan of your work. If not, obviously, if, if you are, um, and say, I'm at university. I'm doing this. I'm studying that. Uh, you know, I'm looking to see if there's maybe any, any internships, any junior positions. Um, I really want to get uh, my foot in. I know I'm really hungry for this. You, you can express how passionate you are it doesn't make you sound crazy it, it makes you or like or if that you're hungry it makes you sound desirable like you will go <laughs> exactly there's nothing worse than you know getting if they're gonna hire someone and they find out that someone's just completely lazy and just doesn't really want it couldn't be bothered and then at the end say here's a link to my work here's my mm. portfolio or my tumblr or something and again like we just said when you email a company it's not a machine there's a person at the end of it and usually if it's a a larger studio it'll be someone from hr or it might be someone in the team if it's a small studio and the the worst thing that's going to happen that you'll get one saying thank you for the email we're not currently looking for people that's fine keep in touch we'll keep you on file that's it 
the the best situation. They're like, oh yeah, well, like we like your work. Why don't we like come in or have we'll discuss or something? And you'll always find there's a, there's an, another human being at the end of that email. And if you are honest and sincere about who you are and what you're trying to achieve, people will help you. I honestly believe yeah. that people will try and help you if you help yourself. And what I mean by that is the fact that you've made that decision to actually send that email and also then all the work you're doing on your portfolio. Like if you're working really hard and send that email, they, they know that you're putting so much effort in and you will, you will get a bite on that hook eventually. Absolutely. Like, and, and by showing your interest so early on and, you know, being persistent not a pain in the ass, but just, you know, being persistent. Yeah. Um, Please don't, like, if they don't email back, you yes, know, after Don't like, take it to heart, because, I mean... Exactly. Uh, they might have so many people to... to I would say, to, you know, like, 90% yeah. of the time I got a standardized email back. 10%, actually, no, I'll say 9% of the time I got a personalized email back, and then 1% was just, like, the response that I really wanted. But the fact that you send an email in the first place is very respectable and it's also um, a, a, a kind of learning curve for you as an artist because you get to see just a glimpse inside of the industry and you start to understand how bi the business of animation works. You start to take names, you start to become connected, even if it's, you know, it's a starting point on, and it may seem like a small scale, but it blossoms with time and you just have to keep at it. You have to keep doing it and, and these people... Um, the people that really matter and the people that you want to work with, do business with, whatever, um, you need to keep tabs on them. And if you're, you know, if you make yourself desirable, they will keep tabs on you. You you can, you know, count on that. So, yeah, so that's, that's perfect. And one of the things that I found is that, like I said before, artists, you know, when you do good work, you know, people are like, oh, that's great. And a lot of people get used to praise. And if someone doesn't like your work, unless they're complete, you know, SOB, they're not going to say, oh, I hate that. Like, not to your face anyway. They'll just, they won't comment. So those emails, you know, 90% of them, you might get a standardized email saying, no, sorry, there's no positions available. They won't be, they won't be negative. They'll just be like, you don't have a place for you or thank you for the email, you know, keep in touch. But it's so important to be rejected. It is. Like, yeah. I know it sounds, it's, that sounds really just detrimental like like masochistic or whatever but it's like you have to learn how to be like okay i was rejected take a deep breath what's next swallow your pride go on it's like it's like walking down a path and you kind of trip up you just if you, you know sometimes it's hard sometimes it's just a little stumble and you have to keep going you just have to pick yourself going. up and and you have to you know think you, you have an action plan it's like okay what is next what is my next goal what how am i going to achieve what i want to achieve um you know and and the rejection is a very valuable part of that process and i think one of the i think i, I learned this statistic when i was at university i think it was like two percent of people in the uk who do art related courses only two percent of them actually get a job within the industry with with in that they in that they studied with and to me that was just horrifying and then i realized that you know i sent those emails and you know like it is like it's, it's, if when you get rejected it's like a stumble but just realize that with every rejection that you've received 
at certain points, someone has given up. They have stumbled and they have just sat down or gotten off the Absolutely. path. Absolutely. So for every time you pick yourself back up, you, you know, you, you people will be further ahead of you and there'll people, be people behind you. But as long as you keep on going and know what you want, you are walking towards something and you just have to keep going. Like I will say with the, the um, Motivati thing, I mean, anyone who knows me on Facebook, I applied, I got through to the final, but I didn't, well, I wasn't chosen for the actual mentorship, you know, so when I got that email, it was like, you know, you kind of like, oh, you know, sigh kind of thing, you kind of just swallow your pride and be like, okay, I had a wonderful uh, message from the mentor, like, explaining his decision and what I should do to go, uh, what I should do going forward, and it was a very lovely message, and it was so inspiring, and a lot of people would be like, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm just going to stop. But for me, uh, the fact that I always react differently to being told no, um, for me, it's, I think it's made me even more motivated to, uh, to create a stellar portfolio so that when I go and meet this person in CTN in November, I'd be like, oh, I applied for that. If you don't even remember me and this is the work I produced and you know, I, you kind of want to prove yourself. Um, it's not in a, a pride or a kind of an ego way. It's just like, okay, I know I can do this. Maybe that person hasn't seen it or there's someone else who is showing that more, but like, I know I can do it. I just have to keep going. But um, this is a bit of a tangent, but I think it's really important when you're applying to these online things that are very much like, um, application based through your work or like an essay. It can feel very personal when you get, um, kind of either rejected i would say rejected but you're just not chosen um, and especially for jobs like I, after uni i think i spent i'd say about a month writing emails and i went on i was linkedin found people i i didn't just apply to the company i would find the specific people at that company at linkedin it's like you're That's a detective a point. yeah you have to be a detective <laughs> the the way you can look at it is um you, you just have to ask yourself am i one step ahead of everyone else because you're not the only person doing this. You're yeah, you're part of a pool of thousands and thousands of people who are doing this. So what is putting you a step ahead of everyone else that is doing this? And you should ask yourself that every single time you send an email, every single time you pursue a job, what pushes you a, a, in front of like everyone else? Whether it's your skills or the way you conduct your business or the way you 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 know your personality comes across, just always think about that. Are you one step ahead? Because, yeah. And I will, I will say, like, a lot of people, like, I know we've talked about, um, emails and trying to find people and being smart about it. That will help you, but that's the icing on the cake. The cake itself is your work. I mean, there is no point in doing all this oh, email stuff, yeah. being proactive if you do not have the skills and the work to back it up. So getting back to, to you. So after you, your mentorship with, with Craig, you then did, uh, cause you're, you're sorry, you're, uh, mentor with Craig was visual development. Yeah, it was, right? it was kind of, um, it was visual development. Uh, it was also a bit of production design because God, he, was, he was also working on the, the Madagascar TV series. <laughs> it was, it was like five, he was like working on five different projects. And then he's also doing jewelry on the side. It's like, yeah, you're incredible. <laughs> and at his personal work as well. It's just like his oh, illustrations yeah, are just out, out to die world. for. Um, so yeah, I, I finished up that mentorship and then, oh gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think about dates. That was, 
in the middle of 2013. So, sorry, I'm trying to I'm trying to push the the courses that I did into the correct time frames. So, I had my summer, which was very um, very long because I was recovering from surgery. Yeah. So it was a bit of downtime for me. Um, and then I went back to university for my second year and you know like we've just talked about I went crazy um you know emailing people and it is just that kind of rejection and the uh and the kind of oh you you know you're not quite there yet um or your style isn't you know suitable or and this is another topic you're just too young (laughs) oh but we we can get on we can get on to that in a bit if we have time um (laughs) so uh you know i just and that's like you said it was a motivator for me it was like well if i'm not good enough i'm just gonna have to get good enough aren't i (laughs) it's like yeah (laughs) exactly it's like it's almost like you have to be good enough to get over those small issues of being young so i took everything that craig had taught me and you know between um i would say june of july august something of 2013 I'd, I'd completely healed in about August or se- September of 2013 to uh, June of 2014. I was just working, working, working away, um, doing my university course, uh, hating it. <laughs> just, yeah, because I'll, I'll just say, like, our course, because um, me and uh, Dom, I should have mentioned, went to the same university. Same course. Um, <laughs> same course. It's all based on ticking boxes. Yes. It's like... Um, we'll have a perspective class and then you'll have an assignment and you're like oh has they have they used perspective tick have they used that yeah, tick you so never... the style nothing of that matters it just matters do they tick boxes and Absolutely. that's essentially it and for me I worked that to my advantage because um, like like I'm saying you know this this um, almost a year that I spent in my, like my second year of university I was getting a first like I was getting first like an A in everything but I was yeah. not getting like 90, 90s, like I was not trying for 90s and 100%. I was going for 70 because that's what an A was. And I did that on purpose because it meant that I was spending less time on my university course and more time doing the, the stuff that I really wanted to do. So um, I just worked and worked and worked that, that entire year. And then skip ahead to um, my, uh, my first Annecy experience and uh that was in june of 2014 and i i was you know absolutely like excited because i i had uh, a couple of interviews and you know i also had um well i was just going to an animation festival where there was networks and you know people like you know who were excited about what was going on and it was just this incredible opportunity but then I come. Then I came back from Annecy, and I received an email from a studio that I had um, messaged, and I would say that I, I must have sent over a hundred emails at that point, and I got one, and it mattered. And it didn't seem like a lot at the time. It, okay, so I'll mention it was a email from a studio called McKinnon and Saunders. Um, Great studio. Yeah, fantastic studio. studio. And they just opened up in Manchester. Like, they'd launched a 2D um, studio because McKinnon Sound has been going on for years. They're, they make puppets for a lot of um, animate, like, um, stop-motion films. They're, they're on top of the game. 
So they opened up a 2D studio and I got an email from a wonderful producer there and she was like, oh, you know, your work is lovely. Would you like to come to the studio? And I just sat back in my chair and I was like, oh, me? <laughs> yeah, little old me. I was gobsmacked. So I was like, yeah, of course, I would, lo I would love to come to the studio. And it didn't quite hit me that they were interested until they said they would pay for me to go. <laughs> yes. When, when they're paying for you to visit, you know that they're interested. So I went to the studio and it was just a lovely visit. It was a t I got a tour of the um, the puppet studio, which was fantastic. You know, it was so lovely. And then I got to see the um, the uh, 2D studio that they've just they just opened up. Um, I met a lot of people there that I'm now friends with. Um, you know, just normally and through and through social media. You know, people there are like, oh, I know you through social, you know, through Twitter or or Tumblr. And I was like, really? You know, it's it's, in it's incredible. Which is really strange with that. Oh, yeah. Oh, you before you, before you meet I'll them. never get used to that. <laughs> no, CTN was just like, that's your actual name? <laughs> your who? <laughs> yeah, putting faces to handles yeah, is, is bizarre. So, um, I, you know, I, I came back from that studio trip having met a lot of fantastic people um, and, and feeling quite ready to just carry on getting better. Um, and I was, you know, this was between my second and third year of uh, university. So it was like during the summer break. So about a week and a half later, I then get an email from a studio in the UK called Kilogram. And they're also based in Manchester. And they were, and there was a, a producer, I think, lovely lady. She was working at um, McKinnon and Saunders at the time, working on the series called wander the alien i think um so she like her studio got in contact with me and they asked me if i wanted to do work and that's the first time i ever worked <laughs> and it just came out of nowhere well i mean and I, I wasn't even supposed to go to the 2d studio the 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 producer from mckinnon and saunders that took me oh she's absolutely lovely lady um called sarah um she just said, oh, come on, I'll, I'll take you over to the uh, 2D studio. We'll have a look around. It's not exciting. And I was like, no, no, it's, it's fine. And, you know, I just love to to meet, um, you know, the people there, see what they're doing, all that. So, and it was literally within, you know, I had to catch my train in an hour to go back home. And I was just like, no, 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 let's just quickly do it. It's absolutely fine. If I, if I had passed up on the opportunity, I'd have never met this woman that, I, that oh. I'd seen at this, the 2D studio that is another entire thing. It's yeah, like it, the, always, the always say yes always, thing. Always say yes to opportunity. Yeah, and, and it's five minutes and they're the most precious five minutes that I'd spent in, ter in terms of my career because it's what kickstarted it because I talked to this woman. We had a laugh. We exchanged, you know, like jokes, ideas. She talked, you know, she liked my work and it just and it just started from there and I got my first freelance and and this was yeah. in my this was in my second year like between my second and third year of university so i guess that's something i also want to talk about is um when you should when you can start working um in the yeah. uk anywhere well, i'm just i'm just thinking um i don't know if i want to talk about just quickly about the importance of social media as well with getting a job because we talked about you know emailing people and getting in touch. Yeah. But my after I'd done that job, 
uh, it was quiet for about two months. And right before I went to CTN, this was back in like, for literally two, three, two, three weeks before I went to CTN back in uh, this was this 2014. was uh, 2014 because that's when yeah we went yeah um, I got an email from a guy at uh, Frederator and he'd found me on Tumblr. And uh, he said, okay, hey, I, I really like your work, um, you know, and I was like, oh, thank you. That was the end of it. That was the end, you know, it was kind of like just that back and forwards email. This this creative manager or like guy at Frederator had emailed me and I was like, oh, you know, um, lovely conversation through email. And then it ended. And then the week after he was like, do you want to do some work for us? And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and that And that came through Tumblr. Um, so that's another thing, uh, about, you know, getting yourself out there is that you want to email people, but you also, you want to make your work visible as well. I mean, I'm kind of for and against this at the moment because I, I hate to think that, um, we're starting to become a generation in which the only way you can like get work or the only way people stay ahead is through social media through getting the work. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's the who you know it, thing. Yeah. Like, I know that's always been a, that's always been a thing within communities, but it's always been easy to usually break into that because you have to be yeah. there in person. And it's really hard to ignore someone when they're in the room with a portfolio kind of yeah. thing. But now it's like, it's friends of friends of friends of friends of friends and it can feel very clicky. Yeah. Um, especially, um, in the kind of hub areas, like we mentioned before, like Burbank and other places, only because those people also see each other in person a lot. Absolutely, yeah. Which is why I think CTN is so important, merely to have a physical presence and meet the people that you speak to online. Um, and again, how you're saying with um, your work being visible on- online, there's always this this thing, there's always new avenues, right? And I think I made a list once, you know, even the ones that I used to go on, like you have DeviantArt, you have, was it CG, CG Society? Mm-hmm. Um, you have like ArtStation, there's Draw Crowd, you know, I think I mentioned, yeah, Tumblr, obviously on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and that's, you know, either you have your personal Facebook page, your yeah, Facebook yeah. like page. There, there's so many, like, there's too many. Uh, and obviously, again, your own website. I always forget, like, your own website and your own portfolio. If you were to say, okay, logically, if I have my work on all of these um, places, I'm more people are bound to see my work and therefore I'm more likely to get a job. That might make logical sense. However, it's like having a garden. I know this is going to sound completely Yeah, no, no, I know exactly you ha- what you're going to say. You have to, and you have to tend yeah, to it. Yeah, you have to maintain it. And if you, if you have, especially when you start off, if you have this giant plot of land of all these different fields of different social media, it's really hard to pay attention to all of them. And I, I'm, this happened to me before and it's happened and I've like kicked myself in the foot. I've had messages off, off Tumblr of people either wanting work or even asking questions because I make it a point that if anyone messages me on social media, like Facebook, Twitter, or um, Tumblr, I always answer back. Even if it's like a, oh, hi, like I enjoy your work. I always make it an, an issue to, to respond because I, I, I want to be a, a person and they've taken time out to talk to me. And I have actually missed messages of people like, oh, you know, I'm looking, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to be part of this? Or, you know, I'm working on this like short project and it's like, 
I've just completely missed it because I'm focusing on my Facebook, on my Twitter. And even, so you have to pay attention to all of them and they're always changing. Like Facebook, right, was great for their like pages. And I have completely almost abandoned mine at the moment because it's become unmanageable because of the way Facebook have changed yeah. how people see your work. You pretty much see what, 10% of your audience and you just have to pay um, to get to get your work out there to your already existing audience, which is kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you have like 50,000 followers, there's like unless pretty much all of those like it or comment or interact, then it kind of gets slowly leaked to other people. So, you know, I think I had like up to like nine to 10,000 people on, on Facebook, but then, you know, that's not the amount of people who are interacting. It's yeah. very strange. Um, and again, Tumblr is, is, is great as well, but it has this whole other social side, which I know if you talk about the horrors of Tumblr, like they're, you know, it's, it's it's just a strange place. Like I've never really f- quite found my footing there either. So, for me, it Facebook just being on it as a person and interacting with people, and then having stuff on Twitter. And I think Instagram is a great one as well um, for me. But it's really important to focus your energies on the best platform. Yes. Um, I mean. <sighs> There probably are ways to do on everything. You probably could, if there, if there was an app, like for an, an artist app that you link all your accounts to on DeviantArt and all these different web- websites and you can just post and it'll automatically do it, I would download that, <laughs> I would use that. And all your messages would be filtered through that You've app. You've probably just like given, given someone a multi-million idea right there. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, go for it because I can't go. I will pay money and for that. I will. <laughs> I will, I would buy that. Like every, every artist I know would buy that. Um, specifically be able to post on all these places and have all your messages and notifications filtered through it. But that's not a thing. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So we can make it a thing. I would say <laughs> I would say no more than two or three platforms. Yeah. And and it also depends on what area you are. Like I've noticed that Instagram tends to be a lot more for like sketches mm-hmm. and um and more animation stuff and obviously photography because you know it makes sense. And Facebook is kind of a mix of everything, whereas you have ArtStation and DrawCrowd, which seems to be a lot more concept art, um, a lot more photo-really stuff, because you do have a lot of cartoony stuff, don't get me wrong, but you don't see a lot of um, completely flat 2D art. It's usually like 2D painted characters, like CG animation or stuff like that. And also Behance, which is one that kind of slipped under the cracks for me. But I've seen a lot of great work portfolio on based. Oh, it's it's really great. So yeah, you try and go on a website, and if and again, Tumblr is very much more like online comics. I say that all the time on Tumblr. So figure out who you are as an artist, what kind of work you have, and go to the platform that already has that audience. Like because you you're more likely to succeed. If you put your web comics on ArtStation, then it would know. be kind of weird. It, it, just, it just doesn't really work. It will stand out, but then it's almost to a point where people were like, "This doesn't really belong here," even though it's artwork. Yeah, yeah. Um, if, if you kind of understand me, so it's it's being again being smart and f- looking at all the different places and freaking it out. And there's also then there's also your own website, which can be whatever you want it to be, which is great. Um, I actually used to love Blogspot, which kind of <laughs> 
I think Google ruined Dead's. So, it um, did, but I also think it was um, falling behind in terms of what it offers socially. Oh, exactly. So, socially, you know, yeah. it, it just kind of slipped away. But I still, I still love I, I, had, I had all my, yeah, I had all my feed of all these, because Google, I think it was Google. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, and then it just disappeared. And then that all went away, <laughs> and it was, oh, I, so basically then it, Tumblr kind of took the reins yeah, on yeah. that sense. So, again, so you could have an established platform and have a really big fan base and a, and a committed fan base and you never know because that could all go away. I, I, I literally, I can't remember who, but um, I actually should mention that I was going, just casually going on Twitter today and someone was posting their work and as, when they pressed post, it actually logged them out and they couldn't get logged back in and their account had been deactivated. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, that's and pretty grim. I, and that, I don't know. I haven't checked because that person didn't know didn't know why. It's because they post their own work, but they also retumble a lot of stuff. So if there's a video or there's maybe some content that's like copyrighted, or, or, I don't know what it is. It could be anything. But it, that's yeah, true. Like, yeah. If, if you, that's a good point. Your website is your website. You are putting so much um, faith in these other platforms. Absolutely. To, that's a good point. And yet, oh, is, it, is it CG Society? One of them... Um, closed down yeah yeah it was and it's like here today gone tomorrow the world like the, the internet is still an evolving evolving place and there's always Absolutely. talks about twitter and facebook getting shut down and pages going so um it's always important to again if you had all the social media and all these different platforms it's really hard to pay attention to that it is but i mean the, the thing with um social media is that it's like um no matter what even your own website it shouldn't it should all contribute towards you getting yourself out there. And you you can't just do it on social media alone. You have to be proactive in sending those emails, getting your work out there, actually meeting the people because it all feeds into one another. Because this is something that I was um, going to go on to about this job that I did for Frederator. Um, yep. It was a character design job for a, uh, a TV series pitch. And... Um, and it was right before CTN, and it just seemed like perfect timing because um, I just, I just out of the blue, I asked him. I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm actually going to be in Burbank in, you know, a week or two. Is there any chance I can, um, you'll be there? You know, like, is there any chance we could meet up? I mean, unfortunately, we we didn't get a chance to meet up." But there's still that opportunity, maybe if I go this time around, or it's just the idea that these things can tie into one another. You know, this guy is looking on Tumblr one minute, he's looking at my work from California, and I'm sat in the UK. And then the next week, I'm actually going to be out there, and I could have gone and had a studio tour, and met up with this guy. It just happens out of the blue like that, and you, you, you know, you can never really prepare fully for it but you can always um hope you know just work towards something like that happening going um going back because you uh once you've done the work for frederator um and you you then obviously did the cgma course with ty carter i'm trying to think about dates again (laughs) (laughs) I'm, i'm getting hang on are we in 2014 or 2015? Okay, so we're, we're heading into 2015. Uh. And you, yeah, you, you, were, you were in education and university. You'd been doing mentorships online. You were then doing industry work. And then oh, yeah. And once you finish, and then, uh, once you finish education, okay. 
you went back into education online. So everything's overlapping, which is which is great. You have to keep all those plates. Okay, yeah. So it, it was really backwards and forwards for me. So um, I'll try and keep this brief. So after, <laughs> goodness me, um, before I went to CTN, I, um, you know, oh, I'm losing my dates. So I start, I, I'm thinking about what I did in my third year. I did my personal film. Like my uh, my graduation film. I, and I just want to say, your graduation film, which we'll give all the links at the end, just won an RTS award, a Royal Te- Television yeah. Society award. Oh, and I, was, I wasn't um, there for it. I was doing overtime at work. <laughs> yeah, which is perfect. I think it's perfect. And you were actually up against yourself because you had your group project and <laughs> your personal project. So you beat yourself. I beat myself, always... yep. <laughs> it's great. And... We'll give all the links at the end so you can go and check out Domi's work. Oh, thank um, you. And it is brilliant. And congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. And again, <laughs> it's, we're both the same thing. It's like when you get an, an, like an accolade kind of thing, like an award, it's nice because you've got it because you've been recognized. But then I think we both have that mentality where it's like, this is going to help me towards my visa. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, Ooh, I have a certificate. Because it's another show. box. It's like, in that box. oh, I, I, yeah, again, I have a degree. Take. Have you been, have you, are you, how can you prove that you're outstanding? You have an award tick. And then the other one I think is, have you been published? And we'll get into that in a bit because that's another box that you've ticked. Yeah. And, and I think gallery show is also one, which I've just ticked. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm just, I'm just hoping that these tick the boxes. Okay. So let me think about. No, okay, this is so confusing. I apologize deeply. Right. Um, I started doing um, the CGMA course, which is an eight-week course. I did The Art of Colour and Light with um, Ryan Lang and Ty Carter. Absolutely fantastic course. And I started doing that in uh, August. I think there was, yeah, seven or eight people in in my class who... And did you have to apply with a portfolio with that? No, it's, you can apply any, you know, you're obviously told that you need to be, you know, a certain skill level. It's like you can't just go in like, I I draw stick men, that you can't do that. (laughs) During that time, um, I hadn't, we weren't officially started with our our films at university, but I got a massive head start because uh, I thought, okay... I will design my film through the CGMA course and then I will use... I did the same thing. Oh yeah, I just, I complete, like I I got back to university in in November, like after CTN and it was like, right, we're ready to start developing the concept for our final projects. And it was like, mate, I'm already done. done. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to get it. Which is why, which is why you won that award. Like all the time that you had then, not only did you do it in your spare time and then through CGMA, then when you got to university, when you got to your final year university, you know, you'd already laid the, you'd laid the foundation. Yeah, People like, they, they need permission to start doing oh, their work. That's a good way of saying it. It's like people need And you're permission. like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm like, I'm off. Like, I like don't, they, I'm not going to wait around for this. I'm just going to do it because I, I looked, I was like, okay, so I need to design my film and that's what I want to do in future. So I can take this, use this as an advantage because not only am I like being taught and, you know, taught to paint in color and light, that's incredibly important to my film. I can take this to, um, to CTN as a portfolio and I did and then I got back and I was ready to start my film so it's just like you you get these opportunities and these um these t- like 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 just stuff you can do 
And if you, you know, you, you get to a point where you can just chain them all together. It's like, okay, if I do this, I can take it to this and then I'll get to this point. And it's just, it's like, you just have to, you have to be on point and have these goals and know what you want. Goals are so important. And for me, CGMA was not only learning, but it was also just like, okay, I'm taking full advantage of getting one-on-one feedback and, you know, again, meeting people, taking this time um, so I can do the very best for my like personal film and and at the same time be like three months ahead you just have to think of it like that and it's all paid off i mean you have a great short film which i assume has helped you well i'm not saying i know it has helped you get the job that you're at because oh yeah (laughs) you know it shows that you can not just create a project and start a film but you've finished a film and it's a complete it's not like part story but it's complete film um and it's very heavily stylized, and it's and it's great. And now it's an award-winning short film. Oh, so, you! <laughs> yeah, but that's all of that. Like this is what I mean. Like you didn't. You, if you, the making of the film and finishing it is its own reward. The fact that it's been recognized and praised and awarded, it it shows that all of that planning and that all those goals, you you met them and you weren't deterred by I guarantee there there were long like I know everyone knows there are long nights it's stressful you're pouring yourself into this and you have this constant voice in the back of your head saying oh this like I know because I've been there it's like this is bad this you know this you quest double and you're questioning yourself you're second guessing yourself and you got through it like you got through it you had this and everything you did was to get not just the film done, because then you think, oh, the film's films the 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 end result, which is essentially true, but it's not because really that film then that film was to help you get a job, which then it has. It's like take a break, take a break, take a few days yeah. after you've done your film, but you know, get back into the comfort game, is, get back into it. Comfort is a dangerous thing for me anyway. Like comfort I zone never is where dreams go to yeah, die. Yeah, I never want to be comfortable. I never want to feel comfort because. It's you. You're on this plane, and you're just going in a straight line. You're never progressing, um, and it's not to say, like you said, you know, it's not to say, oh, don't take a break. You know, like you take a break, but then you have to recuperate, and you have to think about what is next. Don't get comfortable, because that that that's just you know, you, it's not a it's not a way for failure. But you'll just stay in one place. That's the most dangerous thing you can do when you get a job in animation. It's like, ah, oh, I'm absolutely fine. Ah, oh, I'm gonna get a job. Ah, oh, they're gonna give I've me extension. It, yeah. No, <laughs> if you no, if no. you've got a if you've got a set contract, um, you make it a mission to then start looking for other work at some point because don't. It's like you have no privilege if you've got a if, if just because you've got a job at that place. It does not mean you are set. They could just drop you like that, no matter how much they exactly. like you. If you have a contract. You really have to go about it in the mindset that at the end of that contract, you're, you're going to be unemployed. Yeah, you're disposable. But then, then, and then, if they keep you or you have, they renew your contract. That is a bonus. It doesn't matter how close you are, like friend-wise. It's just, it's you know, at the end of the day, sometimes they just have to make harsh decisions like that. I mean, look at some of the biggest studios that have had that, like DreamWorks, for instance. Hundreds of people gone in an instant. It happens. Exactly. And the people, I, I assume, from those studios who get let go, the ones who are constantly networking and creating their work in their spare time, their own projects, and, move into something else. and they will just navigate easily yeah. into another studio. The people who got comfortable they, are the people who need to worry. 
But um, for, but for you, like you did the uh, the Ty Carter and Ryan Lang course, and then that's helped you with your short film, which has now got you to where you are. So do you want to talk about um, after you finished your film? Uh, what kind yeah, of, what so then? Um, right after I finished my film which and handed it in, which was in March of 2015. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I've got them dates down, don't you worry. Um, <laughs> I then started applying to jobs because um, obviously I was finishing university in um, May and then graduating in November. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, yeah, what a what a mess. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, during my graduation, I was actually in Germany, like right where I am now in Germany, signing a contract for my current job. <laughs> so whilst everyone was graduating, I was over here like, hey, yeah, that's great. Have a nice time. Which is brilliant. <laughs> which is brilliant. Which is a great kind of end to your academic like, right, university Just, just the idea that they set the, the graduation so far into the future. And on that specific date, I was in Germany signing my contract. Yeah. Um, so I finished my film um, and then... I applied to a bunch of jobs that were available at the time. Um, I applied to a studio called Wild Seed, uh, and again in Manchester, oh, no Bristol, Bristol, right? Bristol. Ooh, Bristol. Yeah. And I, I got the, I got a job there as uh, the prop designer for a for a show, which I think I can talk about. Uh, it's a show called Counterfeit Cat, and it will be airing on Disney XD this year. I think it'll start airing. So that's exciting. I think, it, yeah, and it's a global um, net, like, net, it's going to be um, short, like, aired globally. So it's not just Disney XD. Yeah. It's going to be in uh, Europe and the Middle East and I think America and Kent, because we're, we were um, we were working with uh, Atomic Cartoons. Like, they were, we were doing all the design work and then um, we were co- co-producing with Atomic in Canada. So... Yeah. So yeah, it's also going to be on Canadian television as well. So after Counterfeit Cat, uh, you went back home, I believe, and you had a bit of time at home. Yeah, I uh, I then just kind of settled at home a bit. I just needed to relax because at that point I was incredibly burnt out because in the three months that I was at Bristol, I was still doing a lot of freelance work for other studios such uh I did work for um, McKinnon and Saunders and I did work for Brown Bag and then I also um went back and uh I did a, a Kickstarter project um for Masters of Anatomy it was a Robin Hood project for a book and I was doing that at the same time that I was working a full-time job so I was absolutely knackered so I went home and just chilled out so and that yeah and that's one of the thing one, one of the things I said like through Kickstarter you have been part of a book so essentially you're published yeah, and in a sense <laughs> it's, in a sense and I, I, this is what I mean it's like if anyone knows about the visa thing they'll ask you if you're published and you could put out your own book your own sketchbook and self-publish it and technically you've ticked a box oh, yeah. I, yeah. so anyone who's young and thinking how do I do it these are the things that you probably have to do um, to be outstanding make, <laughs> make yeah to to basically put yourself in the best position possible but yeah you said you're burnt out and I have experienced that I know a lot of people are like oh does it even exist and to those people I will say if you have a full time studio job and you're doing freelance on the side 
Um, again, I want to ch- tell people that sometimes you usually have to double check with the studio because if you're doing work that's completely in direct competition, like I do games, so technically I can't really go and do games freelance work for a, a company doing the same thing. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, I didn't. But I can do uh, illustration and stuff like you know other things like that. Um, but yeah, doing a full time studio job and then coming home, having something to eat, maybe a nap, and then doing a f- pretty much a, a semi full time, yeah. so like I'd say a freelance work another five hours at home. Doing that for two weeks can it, it literally takes a toll on your health, on your mental health, physically. And I just gotten out of that. I think anyone who follows me on Twitter, I was kind of kind of exhausted. And it's always good to take care of yourself. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, for me, it, it was a foolish thing that I did, but I don't regret it at all because um, it's like in the beginning, I mentioned that I became a part of this race and I just didn't stop. I just couldn't stop. And I was taking every opportunity that I could. I wasn't saying no to stuff whilst I was in Bristol because I was like, okay, this is my first um, job in a studio. I'm working on a great show, but I'm also getting these offers from really really other great studios in the UK. This is all going to look great on my CV. I cannot say no. Is it possible to do? It's fairly possible. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be incredibly tired, but I'm going to do it. And I just, Mm -hmm. and it was, I just saw this opportunity and I just, I just did it. I did it. And I now have, um, you know, my, my resume is, it just has like, you know, all these great studios on it, um, that I did work for. And, and it was at that point I got I got back from Bristol and I got back home and I immediately switched from saying yes, yes, yes to everything to then looking at my health and my well-being and saying, now is a time that I have to start saying no to things. Yes. And I want to, I just want to say like the work, you say you're saying yes, 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 and obviously you were tired, like I was the same. But when you do say yes to these projects and you are tired, it's imperative that if you're going to say yes, you have to deliver. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's nothing worse than saying yes and then just failing. Yeah, yeah. You you have to deliver. Yeah, like when I said yes to all these projects, I was feeling fresh. Um, you know, I mean, obviously, I've just finished university. Yet. I I I didn't have a minute to to um to chill out after uni had finished. I'd I'd finished my film. I actually got to Bristol and still had to do a final presentation. <laughs> Like uh, like a week after I'd started working, I had to give a presentation through Skype to my university because I just, you know, I just took this job and I was like, sorry, guys, I'm going. So, um, but I was still feeling the energy and I was saying yes to these projects, but I knew that I could deliver. But when I got back to, um, back to where I live, back to my parents, I was, I just got to this point and I was like, okay, I know, I know I can say no now. I can say no. I have to say no and focus on myself. Only exactly. only do work when you really know that you're going to deliver and do the 100% best that you can for them because you want to make that impression, especially if it's a if it's a new studio that you've never worked for. So yeah, so so basically, yeah. So you did that, and then you uh, you applied for this current job you have in Germany. No, I didn't. Oh, I actually plot twist, plot twist. <laughs> um, I'd actually applied to uh, a different studio. Uh, Sharp mentioned, oh, cool. um, uh, and I applied, I applied to many studios, um, and I got some offers. Um, I said no to one offer, and then um, I I was about to 
go for this one offer. But then I just out of the blue got an email from my current studio, which is uh, Studio Sai, and they were interested in my work. And and another uh, another example of social media is that someone who known me through Twitter, who was working at the studio at the time, absolutely lovely lady called um, Marion Bourdain. Um, I think she's Galaxy Speaking at Galaxy Speaking on Twitter. Plug. <laughs> um, she'd recommended me for the job because um, she she wanted to leave it. I think she'd been there for a year or something. And yeah, they just emailed me, and I was like, "This is bizarre." Like, I didn't, you know, this this out of nowhere. They 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 want me to be a designer on the show, and I'd be the only person. And so this was in October uh, two thousand fifteen. And they asked, would you like to come over to the studio? And I was like, where's the studio? And I looked at where the studio was and it's like Germany. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> and this is so strange because I had had the exact same thing happen to me in August whilst I was in Morocco when someone said the same thing to me um, about would you like to come over yeah. to Scotland and stuff. And I remember because I moved to Belfast, you messaged me and you were kind of like, I'm not like, uh, I've been off this thing in Germany should I do it? And I was like, like, how is it for me going to Belfast by myself? And I was just like, do, do it, it, do it, it, yeah, do it. I remember. You're like, I was do like, it, you, do I was it, like, it. yes, it's like, it's, it's when you have connections, your family, you have relationships, you know, friendships and all that, all that stuff. It's really hard to take a leap and move to a completely different country or different area where you're going to be cut off and especially by yourself. And, it's just some people might not be able to do it and that's nothing wrong with that but if you want this like if you want to move forward and create good work in this industry it's something you're gonna have to do i mean and then i know that you you went and did it and then i think once you put out online that you've got the job i was just like i was so happy and i was just like so so like happy for you because I knew that you could do it. It was the best but, decision that I'd ever made. I mean, um, up, like you know, for my career up until this point, because I I had this and I had this offer, and then I had the other offer, and um, you know, I I didn't think I was strong enough to do this to move. It is a huge leap moving to another country for a job. I mean, it's by by myself. No, like oh oh my goodness, looking for a flat in Germany nightmare. <laughs> Just saying, um, you know, getting getting here, the transport system, you know, oh, it's absolutely terrifying. I remember showing up here on my first day, right after New Year, felt completely alone. I felt like I was just, there was nothing around me. But it, it was at the same, it was at that moment, even though I was completely alone, I remember um, in the taxi to my flat, completely empty as well, you know, I just had this moment of clarity where I, because I didn't know what to expect, I I really liked that because I yeah. I I suddenly, after all this time of going after goals and you know pushing myself to work and you know burning out, not knowing like knowing exactly what I want to do, what I want to have to to then suddenly be in this situation where I had no idea what was going to happen, how it was going to be was so exciting i mean it was scary but i was just like i've never experienced oh, oh, yeah. this before but i like it i i can do any i felt like i could do anything you know it's just like 
And it was just, it was such a moment of clarity. And um, after, you know, being relaxed at home for a couple months and then coming here and then suddenly being burst into this job, which is just insane. I, I'm so, so busy and I'm always doing something all the time. It was just this amazing feeling. It's like I just completely flipped like my mind, like my, um, the way I live my life, the, the way I see things, the way I do things with my work just flipped upside down and um, decisions that I would make with like complete um, assurance in the past are now coming to me spontaneously. I mean, I'm still taking like these opportunities that I'm getting, but I'm now making more spontaneous decisions and and um, suggestions and things. And it's just it's just a whole new way of living for me, I guess. I don't know if that made sense. <laughs> I, again, as well, but like the fact that you've, you've done it, I know you were trepidatious to begin with. So, you know, it's almost like, I I think I I knew you were gonna do it anyway, but I think you just wanted for someone to, to tell you for like someone who's already done it not to say don't yeah, do it yeah yeah just don't do it no I, it's yeah it, but I think even if I had said that you'd have done it anyway I I think you know I think I yeah I even though I was like ah oh, you know maybe it's not a I think deep down inside I knew I just had to do it I yeah. mean working abroad working in a in a studio like a studio like this and also a very long contract it's like how can i pass this up <laughs> which is perfect and just uh to end just you can be as vague as about oh. this as you want but we talk about goals do you do you have any uh goals whether kind of immediate or future goals like where where do you see yourself and where's where do you want to be you know in 10 years time where's 10 years time dolly or do you think about, or do you even think about you that? You know, before I got this job, I was adamant. It's like, oh, in five years' time, I want to be doing this. In 10 years' time, I want to be here. And more recently, I just, I stopped doing that. And I just, I just have a goal. And it's to be happy with what I'm doing. It's to be healthy. And in career terms, um, at some point, I would love to have um, maybe my own like own studio. I'll be collaborating with other creators, um, to, you know, in a studio, or um, just I don't know, like um, not not a full animation studio, maybe, but like a, a pre production kind of thing, you know, yeah, like something like that. I don't know, like a design collaboration. Just, just, yeah, and yeah, exactly, and doing work that you just. You know, as I think the same thing. It's like doing work that you just really want to be doing, which I think is really important, which is why saying yes to everything can sometimes yeah. be detrimental because you'll end up doing stuff you don't want to do. Um, and again, I, I like what you say because you have a general goal and I, I, I do too. But when people try and break it down to specifics, it's really hard because, you know, this time last year, you probably wouldn't think that you'd be living in Germany. Absolutely not. And, and it's because of that, spon- yeah, it's because of that spontaneous decision. Um, it's made me realize, why am I bogging down so much on the date that I achieve this goal? I just, exactly. I just have this goal now and anything like these opportunities that come my way, whether it's in the next year or whether it's in the next 10 years, I'm just going to keep doing them and it's all going to filter towards this one goal that I have. And at this point, I don't care when I achieve this goal. I just want to be happy with what I'm doing. That's, That's it. Brilliant. And the and last question is, Domi now, you know, the... the if you talk to if you, if you could say something to the eleven year old anime loving Domi, 
who had all these dreams, what would like your main key advice be? I wouldn't. Uh, oh. I don't know if I'd say anything to be honest. I'd just because obs- you 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 change the course of time. Yeah, I just I just observe and smile and just be like, don't worry, you're gonna make it. Just it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Brilliant. It's you know ten ten years down the line, you're gonna like you're gonna be fine. Absolutely fine. I, I, and that's the thing. I think people are like, oh, it can never happen for me. I'm like, if you think that, then it's not going to. It's, I mean, I just... It's if, like the fact that you think that it's not going to happen, just, it will not happen. If you yeah. think it will, and you do, and not just by wanting it, but if you do all the necessary things to improve your chances, you're incre- increasing the likelihood of that happening, and it will happen in some form for Definitely. you. And, and just quickly, just to add to that... Um, I, I come from like the most tiniest village in the middle of the north of England where it's the most poorest place you can live and there is absolutely zero opportunity there for, you know, artists. Zero. I've been yeah. there. It's zero. So I, and I, I, that just doesn't, didn't stop me. So it's, exactly. you know, if you have, if you put your mind to it, you just, you can do it. That is so good. And that's so inspirational. So where can people find you online? Ooh, okay. So, um, my handle for Tumblr and Twitter is at Dommy Fox. Um, are you going to link that or should I spell it out? Like, yeah, I'll, oh, okay. I'll, that'll be in the, um, the Tumblr uh, link, but, um, yeah. I'm currently inactive on Twitter. I don't know when I'll be returning. Um, just taking a, <laughs> just taking a break from that at the moment. Which I, again, that's another thing, another topic that I probably will get you back on to. Yeah. We, Cause yeah. I think the social media thing, we touched upon that and I think it's an entire episode. Oh, definitely. Itself. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm on Tumblr and Twitter, and for me, that's kind of it. I'm also on Facebook, but I tend to only add people that I, I already know a bit, or yeah. we've had some kind of, you know, like conversation, or, you know, just kind of stuff like that. So it's mainly Tumblr and, and Twitter. Yeah, I'd say Tumblr is like your main platform. Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's I kind where I of post all my, all my artwork currently. Cool. And if you go to the, uh, the 2D, 3D um, Tumblr. We will have all the links there. Thank you. That's great. And yes, thank you so much for being on the episode and we will have you back. Oh, thank you for definitely having me. It was a pleasure. At some point. Cool. Awesome. Well, hope you have a good night. Me too. Thank you. And bye guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs> well, that wraps up episode two of the podcast. It was great to have Domi on and I'm definitely going to have her back again soon. You can catch Dommy at Tumblr and Twitter at dommyfox.tumblr.com and on Twitter at dommyfox, that's D-O-M-M-I-F-O-X. If you go to the 2D3D Tumblr, that's 2D3D.tumblr.com, we'll have all the links to Dommy's social media, plus links to her short film that we mentioned in the show. You can catch me on Twitter at Matt2D, that's M-A-T-T, the digit 2, D-double-E. And the show is at 2D3D. Thanks for listening.